Rosh Hashanah, Perk Gimel, Mishnah Base, 3 2. And now we move on to the second part of the Masechta, a whole new topic, the topic of the mitzvah of Shofar. The Pasuk says, Bechodesh Hashvi'i Be'echad Lachodesh, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, the seventh month being the month of Tishrei, the first month now becomes all of Tishrei, what we call Rosh Hashanah. It says, Bamimbar Chavtes, Pasuk Aleph, Yom Trua Yelachem, it will be a day of Trua. Now, Trua means a blasting sound. The tekia is the single blast. Trua is a broken blast. We'll discuss more later in the Masechta. The three blasts, the nine blasts, and so on, that's for later. But it's a broken blast. But it's not defined in the Pasuk what is the instrument that should do this blasting. There's another Pasuk in Vayikra Perkavchei, Pasuk Tes, which is talking about the mitzvah of blowing a shofar on the 10th of Tishrei, that's what we call Yom Kippur, on the Jubilee year and the Yovel, to announce the release of Jewish slaves. And then the Pasuk says, V'havarta shofar, trua b'chodesh ha-shvi b'asalachodesh, yom ha-kippurim, ta'aviru shofar b'chol artchem. So there it says, the shofar will pass through and it will blast the trua sound on the 10th of Tishrei, um, on Yom Kippur, throughout the land, throughout your land. Now, there, it's explicit that it's a shofar. And there's a hekish. The limud is that the trua of Rosh Hashanah and the trua of Yom Kippur, the Jubilees, was done both the shofar. And therefore, it's understood the mitzvah of Tekiah shofar is with the shofar. I'll call it the ram's horn for a second. As opposed to the other major possibility, which could be it could be any any uh, instrument, like a, like a trumpet. And in fact, as we will see, Sometimes there's a mitzvah to blow a shofar, like the times we said, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur of the Yovel year. Other times there's a mitzvah to blow with a trumpet, like we'll see in times of national calamity, war, as well as uh, as uh, drought, etc. So, but the mitzvah here is blowing the shofar. In fact, to be more technical, it's to hear the blowing of the shofar. The exact parameters of what has to be heard we'll discuss later on. But um, here our, our mission will discuss the tool, the implement, the instrument that's used to do the blowing of a shofar. What constitutes a halachically acceptable shofar? Now, the word shofar is clearly related to the word like shvoferet, which means something like a tube. Okay, so it's like a, a solid outside with a hole in the middle that things pass. Like, for example, you have in Shabbos, in Bamim and Likin, we say every Friday night, we talk about the shvoferes of a beta, it'll be a hollowed out eggshell through which oil is dripping. So again, you have an idea of like a shell in the outside with a hole, Reservoir on top, hole through which oil drips. Similarly, in Erevin, we talked about Rabbi Gamila having a shvoferis referring to some sort of like telescope or astrolabe or something through which he looked to see the distance on the horizon. So again, you have a tube through which something passes. So a shofar is going to be the kind of, I'll call it animal horn, that is a tube, a hollowed out tube through which, in this case, air can pass. Now, what that means is we're talking about a specific type of animal horn. That is to say, it's a horn which is structured like a shvoferis. So, when it comes to most animals, that's like a ram, and most other animals, what's going on there physiologically is there, the skull is a bone, and then coming out of the skull is more bone protrusion, and then on top of that bone is some, let's call it meat, blood, and then on top of that is 
a keratin sheath. Keratin is a protein, the same protein that makes up your fingernail. So you can think of it kind of like, imagine if your fingernail covered your whole thumb all the way around, okay? So you have this thumbnail all around. Beneath the thumbnail, you got some skin and stuff. And then beneath that, you have bone. So if a person would, let's say, cut off their thumb, in that scenario, he could, you can imagine pulling off the thumbnail... And then you'd have beneath the thumbnail some stuff needs to be cleaned out, and but a hollow from where the bone used to be inside. That is the kind of structure that a goat's horn has, or a ram's horn has, etc. Protrusion followed by, and then sort of this keratin sheath, this sitting on top of it. Some animals, um, either it's pure keratin the whole way through, like for example the horn of a rhinoceros. There's no bone inside there at all. It's just all keratin, basically protein. So kind of like your fingernail material, and therefore that would not be kosher for a shofar. There are some kinds of horns that are solid bone the whole way through, like the knobs, the horns on the top of a giraffe's head. There's no keratin sheath. That wouldn't be okay. And certainly it's not acceptable to use things like a, a tusk or a tooth from a whale or a norwal. No way. But most animals, like the ram, have this... If you When you take the animal and you cut off its horn... Um, you'll get, like with the saw, let's say, you'll be able to pull out the bone from the inside and you're left with this like hollowed out ferris, which the truth is the tip of the horn, if you look at the picture, is like still pointy and of course it's not hollow. You have to puncture it. But then you have the wider part, which is attached essentially to the head of the animal and the narrow part, which is really a pointy horn, which you've now you've cut off. You can clean out the middle and you'll get a shofar. And that's what we're talking about over here. So the mission says, Kola shofaros kasherin. Any shofar, meaning any animal horn, which is constructed the way I described it, it's a bit of a tautology. A shofar that is a shofar, meaning it's like shofaris style, meaning it's hollow, it's like a hollowed out tube with this keratin sheath sitting on top of the bone. That's going to be okay, kosher for the blowing of the mitzvah of shofar and roshana. Chutz mishel para, with the exception of a horn from a cow, bovine animal, mipnei shahu keren, because that's not called a shofar, that's called a keren. Karen is a horn, as opposed to a shofar. Now, Amr Bios, Rebiosi objects this. He says, The truth is, the word Karen can apply to the horns of any animal, like a ram or a goat, just as it can apply to the horns of a cow. Shinemar, as the Pasuk says, Now, this is a Pasuk from Yeshaya, excuse me, Yoshua, talking about um, the the Bimshoch Bekeren Hayovel, the blowing of the horn of a yovel is a is like an ibex, I believe. Um, oh no, it's an it's a ram. I'm sorry, uh, yovel's a ram. Excuse me. So uh, 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 the yovel, the ram, has a horn called a karen, which we know is a shofar, as the pasuk says. So you see that even a shofar is called a karen. So therefore, Rabbi Yossi holds that everything, including the cow's horn, can be acceptable for a shofar. Tanakama disagrees. They say that's true, that every shofar is called a karen. But when it comes to bovids, when it comes to cows and oxen, bulls, so buffalo, etc., all these animals, the, those horns of a cow are not called shofar ever in the Pesukim. Unlike the Pesukim, which is the yovo, the 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 ram, which is a male sheep, is called the shofar. But when it comes to cows, it's always just called karen, never called shofar, and therefore not acceptable for use as a shofar. The 
Gemara actually gives in Davchavav other reasons why it's not acceptable to use a cow's horn, despite the fact that it's physiologically this ishfoferis like it's like a shofar, but rather it's a karen. Um, the most famous is because the principle is ein kategor nasa senegor, that the prosecutor can't become the defending uh, defender in a court case. This is a reference to the fact that the function of the shofar, as the Gemara makes clear, is to bring up a positive zikaron of Klai before Hashem. And so we're, it's like a sanego, it's like a defense attorney, if you will, coming to defend us from any, the din of Yom Hadin of Yom, of Rosh Hashanah. Whereas the Mishnah says, Ein sanego, the prosecutor can't function that defense role because the horn of a cow is a recollection back to the Cheta Egel, the sin of the golden calf. And we don't want to have any reference or allusion even to calves and golden calves, which are still um, sort of being held against us. Against us, there's like the, the it's a throughout the generations we're sort of paying it out in peace, you know, and in, uh, incrementally paying off in installments um, the consequences of having uh, done the sin of the golden calf, and therefore it's inappropriate to use a calf or another kind of bovine calf, of course, a baby cow. Um, in uh, in the rush on the service, looking for a positive judgment. Um, there is another reason given as well, which is that the cow's horn kind of grows in layers, and it would be almost as if it's like multiple shofros nested by being layer on top of layer. But whatever the case is, the halacha is certainly like the tanakama, which means like the chachamim, that any animal that has a shofar structure on its head, which essentially is all, essentially all kosher animals pretty much, um, with the exception of the bovids, like the cows, would be acceptable as a shofar. In the next Mishnah, we'll discuss what is the ideal animal to use.